Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here, back with Tom and Ed. And thank goodness we're still here. All the sports leagues got canceled last week, but guys, the podcast is still alive. Well, the podcast is still alive, but I might not be. And as I said earlier today, I might be the first coronavirus death from somebody who has not contracted the disease. They have been (laughs) killing you, boy. Well, I mean, y'all know I work for city government, so it is nonstop cancellations, trying to figure stuff out. They cancel schools. It's just chaos. And people are apparently eating toilet paper as our new currency. I don't understand. Leave the toilet paper alone. (laughs) What are you doing with the toilet paper? Wait, hold on, Ed. You have a job outside of the Soulback podcast? I thought you were as dedicated as me and Kyle. We do this for a living. Well, obviously, y'all not passing the checks to a brother, because I have got a house to pay for, and y'all not coming up off that mortgage bread. Must be a side combo. Ed, we got to make it as hard as possible for you to get that toilet paper. You might have to like get sent to like Street Fighter World Tour in order to win some. <laughs> what? I've got to fight E Honda to get something to wipe my butt with. He probably had some. You know, he had that that he had the tub in the background. It had to be some toilet paper somewhere. Well, let me ask you this. Question for both of you guys. For if you were battling for toilet paper, would you rather face E Honda or Sub Zero? These are the questions that I live for. See, <laughs> I would fight E Honda. Because Sub Zero, first of all, I hate fighting Sub Zero. Piece <laughs> of garbage. Hate that dude. My brother is so cheesy with him. I would go for E-Honda, and all I would do is I would get close to him, and I would stomp on his toes because he's barefoot, and I'm going to have on my church <laughs> shoes. So he's bouncing around, and I knock him over. Sub-Zero is just going to freeze me and then rip my spine out, and that's not no. good. good. Good call. Well, speaking of Mortal Kombat and coronavirus, I saw a meme earlier of Scorpion wearing one of those masks that everyone's wearing right now, and the caption wrote, stay over there. Uh, <laughs> That's actually great. That was pretty. I funny. would share that, but I'd probably get in trouble. Ed, this is a perfect opportunity to wear your Halloween costumes on a daily basis. Yes, it is, but also it's for some <laughs> reason like eighty-five degrees here. I don't know what oh. happened. We went from winter to summer in like three days. But yeah, I need to break out some of my masks. Yep. <laughs> but in, in all honesty, guys, I hope everyone is safe out there. Um, some sad news uh, that comes with this right now, of course. A lot of tours, a lot of can- uh, concerts are being canceled. Um, Snow Allegra pushed her tour back. Uh, the Millennium Tour, which as of yesterday was actually going to continue as it is, that's been pushed back as well. Some of the dates has have been postponed till May. I'm not even sure if by May it'll be better, but man, it sucks. You start realizing that there's a lot being affected by this. Yeah, I mean, we're joking now, but I mean, there is a serious case. And while the severity of it may vary depending on your age, the fact of the matter is this stuff is very contagious. So they're trying to get a they're trying to contain it. And that means kind of keeping those giant crowds down. I'm sure Tom can speak to this better because I'm sure it's insane out there in New York. But it's very annoying, very frustrating. But I understand the precautions. Yeah. 
It's scary here in New York City, but I'll tell you guys, a thought came to my head as they were canceling all these sporting events and concerts and in gatherings and social gatherings and all that. Guys, they they could take away our sports and and, and concerts and and you know, close down restaurants, but they could never take music away from us. We'll always have that. We could always listen to music, and that's something that can never go away. Mm, Tom, Brandy what? is supposed to drop a new single in like two weeks. She might not do a promo run for this single, so it might get pushed back. We but don't this want is that a happening. great time though. Everyone's sitting in the house, afraid to go out. They need to hear something like that. Come on. Exactly. I mean, they like Usher doing promo, so we don't do that no more. So let Brandy push it. <laughs> but, Tom, you are correct. Music is one thing that we'll always have, and it's going to play a big part because apparently no one was washing their hands before, and now we have to. And oh. uh, apparently you're supposed to sing happy birthday as you're washing your hands. I think that's like 30 seconds. But if you don't want to sing happy birthday... I saw some suggestions on Twitter, and you'll be very excited. You can sing Love on Top by Beyonce, the chorus. That's 30 seconds. Uh, Tom, didn't Eric Benet also tweet out that you can uh, <laughs> sing Spend the Rest of My Life? Yeah. So uh, you can you wash can your hands well. to the chorus of that song if you need tips on how long to wash your hands. Yeah. Uh, what song are I, you guys uh, singing to right now? <laughs> I, I, I've, sorry, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Kyle. This, uh, something that just r- came to me because I heard the song today on the radio and I had a pressing question for Ed. I need I need this yeah. answered right now, Ed. So I was listening mm-hmm. to um, R&B radio station here at WBLS and they played Confessions Part 2 from Usher. Let me ask you this. You do those love letters columns. If Is there any realistic way that someone would take someone back if they were in Usher's scenario? They were they cheated on, on, the, you know, on their woman with another woman and they were having a baby with that woman. Would that song work to you know to to bring someone you know someone back together, having gone through that? Would the song work, or would the scenario happen? The scenario, the scenario. I mean, well, I can guarantee you that the scenario happened because a few years ago, someone actually sent in a love letters question that was exactly like oh my god. So yes, wow. Some people will do it. Would it be me? Not me in my house. It wouldn't happen. But yep, oh. some people do it. Should have been wow. singing confessions and washing their hands <laughs> of the whole situation. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Back to you, Kyle. <laughs> well, who knew Usher visited SoInStereo.com? We now know. <laughs> oh my I just, God! I just hope he didn't read that hard to love. Uh, Where is this woman now? I guarantee whoever that woman was that took the man back ended up getting her heart broken a second time. I got to say that right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't do follow-ups. She could be somewhere fighting over toilet paper. I don't know. But yes, this happens. This is real life. This happens. Jeez. And Tom, Confessions Part 3 is coming soon, too. He performed it about two weeks ago. Everyone thought it was about herpes, but it was not. It was about the child. So uh, we'll find out more on that song when it comes out. Yeah. But, um, you know, we talked about washing hands, but... That's not what we're here to talk about, guys. We're here to talk about R&B, right? Yes, we are. I guess so. I mean, it was fun <laughs> talking about fighting games and toilet paper, but I guess we can do some <laughs> So, we've been talking about Ed's boy, Sleepy Brown, for a while, but Tom, your boy is oh Cajon. Remember him? On the ocean? Cajon. Why is that my boy? I mean, he definitely had a big hit. Ed, that was probably over 10 years ago now, right? Yes. You know what this is a good example of, though, Kyle? It's like there's people out there with so much talent who get recognized for one single, 
and keep making good music and unfortunately just don't get recognized for it. So it's not like he's a one-hit wonder. It's just a matter of he had a huge hit and then people just didn't really pay attention to the rest of what he had to offer. But he's got the new single out. I mean, he also dropped an album in 2012, but was there anything in the press release that explained where he's been? Does he still do shows? I'm guessing he does. Um, That's a good question. I really haven't heard much from him, to be honest, and since, you know, since we've been on the site. You know, we get press releases from publicists and stuff and announcements about shows. I hadn't heard much about him in, in years, so... No, I hadn't either. I mean, you might when you mentioned him off air, I was like, I hadn't heard of that dude in forever. I think someone when we were doing one of our kind of like greatest songs of the two thousands list, I think someone slipped one of his songs on the list. Even then, I was like, I forgot about this dude. But yeah, he's definitely a talented brother. But I had no idea he was allowed here doing this thing. Kyle, he had a number one single on Urban AC with "On the Ocean." He did. That's what I'm saying. That was a big song. That's what I'm saying. That was a huge song. Yeah. That was like 2009. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually curious to see what we uh, hear from K. John. It's been a minute. So we'll see. But a couple more records I want to touch on really quickly here. Uh, Brian McKnight dropped his new song, Nobody. And Tom, you wrote in the description for that song. It's a song that highlights his love for his wife. Doesn't <laughs> he do that a lot on Instagram? Man. Shout out to our boy, you know, what's his name on, on, on Facebook? He made a great comment. John Betts, is it? Yeah. He made the great comment. Oh, yeah, I had to boy. unfollow this guy. He, he had to unfollow Brian McKnight because all he does is post about his wife. I mean, I think it's great, you know, sharing your love. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but I guess it's just a bit too much for some people because most artists never do that. I mean, let's be honest. Most artists never, unless their wife is famous, they really don't share you know, much about their wife, which is fine. Some people are private. He's a bit, Brian McDonough is a bit over the top, Ed. Have you seen it? I have not. I've heard a couple of posts, and we've talked before about some of his, you know, stuff with his son. So I've only seen a few things, but not that it was so over the top that he had to unfollow the brother. I didn't know it was that bad. It is a bit. I mean, he's got hashtags in every pose. I mean, it's nice to see. I mean, in a, in a day and age where we don't really celebrate love anymore, it's great to see a married man being happy about his wife. So I don't want to knock the guy, but it's definitely a rare thing to see. But listen, this, the new song is called Nobody, and he called it one of the best love songs he's ever wrote. So definitely check it out. I mean, it's one of his signature piano ballads, you know, and uh, kind of similar to some stuff he's done before. Yeah, I, I've heard the track, and I didn't realize all this backstory behind it. To me, it was like... A Brian McKnight song that I've heard a hundred times before. And that's not mm-hmm. to diss it. It was not bad at all. But I didn't realize there was this deep emotional connection and meaning behind it because it just felt kind of standard. And again, that's not mm-hmm. a diss. It just felt like what he does. So good for him if this has like some deep meaning for him. But to me, I was like, oh, it's a Brian McKnight song. Well, Kyle, can I ask you something? Yep. I was talking to our boy, our, the producer Tim Kelly of Tim and Bob. Um, and he mentioned since Kobe passed away, people, people need and want love songs now. You know, it, everyone, once he died, like was, was feeling love and, and was getting back to that. I mean, I don't know if they lost that feeling, but I mean, he, he felt like it's the right time to start doing a lot more love songs. I mean, is that something you see? 
Uh, I mean, when something tragic happens, like Kobe Bryant's death, love is definitely a necessity. Now, if that's what people are looking for in the music, I'm not quite sure. Mm. Unfortunately, Kobe's death has been hijacked by this coronavirus thing that's going on. So I think a lot of people have already forgotten or they're worried about the next thing. But yeah, I mean, love is definitely important. We want love songs. Yeah. Now, what happens after all of this coronavirus stuff clears up? I think everyone wants to turn up again. So, oh, I don't know. I think there's a, per- there's a perfect time for everything, but I think the turn up is coming. Ed, no, you're not coming. wrong. And unfortunately, <laughs> it just speaks to our climate. Like, we, we live in a very reactive social media climate. And, I mean, that really plays into, like, some of this coronavirus hysteria. Whatever is the hot topic, that's all we can focus on. If you talk about anything else, you're problematic. And we focus on that. So for a while, it was Kobe. Anybody say anything bad about Kobe, you had to die. Anybody question anything about Kobe, you had to die. And now we're Mm. on to the next. And when we get through this, inevitably, we will get through this. And it'll be, as Kyle said, back to turning up. (laughs) Uh, Quick question for you guys. For anyone that's actually following, are the fi- are the forest fires in Australia still happening, or like oh, has that man. stopped? Last Jeez. I heard, they were, and again, I have not heard anything in like a week because of the new cycle has shifted. But no, it was tearing up Australia last time I checked. That was tragic. Yeah, that was tragic. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't heard anything about that. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's because it stopped or the coronavirus is taking over, but. Uh, well, you know, I'll do some Wikipedia research and get back to you guys on that. But I do have a question for you guys. I have a challenge, actually. A challenge? Mm-hmm. I love it. Let's go. And if you guys are both successfully able to do this, you guys can work on it together if you want. I'll leave it up to you guys. <laughs> but if you guys what are able this, to do this... a school project? I will give you guys each a roll of toilet paper. What? That's the price. These things are hot in the streets right now. On Facebook, I saw someone selling a roll for like forty bucks. I mean, you're not oh, wrong. Right. If you get some toilet paper and some hand sanitizer, you can make some money out here. <laughs> all right. So, the challenge is, and you can exclude all the cover albums and greatest hit albums, but can you list Brian McKnight's discography from beginning to current? Oh, absolutely not. Definitely. Absolutely, he's got what fourteen albums. Yes, um, there is someone I can't remember who it was. Shout out to the Soul and Stereo Cipher on Facebook. Someone asked me to rank his albums, and I was like, "Okay, let me go see." And I looked at that list and was like, "Not today, man. It is an expensive (laughs) list." Damn. No, but uh, to play devil's advocate, let's try. I think it's great. I think I think it's great. No, I can't do it, Kyle. I can't. I can't well, do can it. Can we at least can we at least attempt it and I'll, maybe I'll finish yeah, it we off? Yeah, attempt. Let's attempt this. I mean, and to your point too, Tom. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but a lot of times I remember when I ranked Joe's albums and when I went through and he's got you know 14 or some albums, but people just really remember the big ones. So when they're looking at the list, they're like, I haven't heard of five or six of these albums. So. People's minds just really don't remember some of those albums, especially in the mid-2000s. Man, Brian McKnight got some joints. The fun part about this challenge is when we're done doing Brian McKnight, Kyle is going to do Joe's discography. Oh, God. All right. (laughs) I hear that typing. You better not bring up Wikipedia. 
Yes, right. right. You already said you were on Wikipedia. Tom, you ready? Well, who's going first? Are you are you gonna? I'll fill in the gaps or what? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I can. I know the first few. After that, I start right. struggling. So you start, and I'll fill in the gaps. Okay. All right. You paying attention, Kyle? Or are you cheating? No, I'm good. Let's go. All right. First <laughs> one is a self-titled Brian McKnight. Correct. That's easy. Then it's I remember you. Then it's anytime. Then it's back at one. Yep. See, this is where it starts. It starts getting hazy for me around this. Yeah, time. and then After it's like <laughs> after that, I don't know. There is like I know U-turn is in there, <laughs> but after that, I'm kind of lost. And that's terrible because he's had albums like in the past three or four years that just did not. What was the last one called? I can see the cover. I can see it in my mind. It's black and white, the cover. His face is on. It's yes, it's Genesis. black and white. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, Genesis, like right, the, yeah. the video game. All right, so that's so all I got for you. Let, let me stop you there, Ed. So you got to back and back at one. From that yeah. point on, you uh, you missed an album. Tom, do you want to fill it in? Right before you turn was which album? I didn't. I don't know. I don't even know. Oh, it's the song. It's the album with the great Justin Timberlake song on it. The great Justin Tim, I don't even know that song. What? Yeah, I don't know what song you're talking about. My kind of girl. Um, that was not a, bell, a memorable. Bro. Not oh, a memorable. Oh my goodness! Hold on, right. look at well, the, the album list, guys. He has a Nate Dogg Wik- feature on this on, album. Why are you on Wikipedia? <laughs> I already failed this test, so I'm just on Wikipedia oh, right geez. now. No. All right, <laughs> so we have we have superhero. Ed, do you know he has a Nate Dogg feature on this album. On which album? That just seems like the weirdest pairing. Brian McKnight featuring Nate Dogg. I, I well, it's, it's not that weird. You gotta remember, this is around the time when he was dropping the rap collabo, so he had the joint with Mace that I didn't like. But it's not that weird. I didn't know this, but it's it's a little odd. Yeah. But it's not that unheard of. Alright, moving on. But which album is this? Did we ever name this album? Because I don't know this one. <laughs> it's called Superhero. I do not remember this at all. What year was this? <laughs> uh, like 2001. 2001, I think. Yeah, I got, I got it up there. It went gold. Well, it ain't go gold in my house because I sure don't have it. Jeez. Um, and then we have U-Turn. Yeah, I remember that and one. And then we have Gemini. I don't think I've ever actually heard Gemini. I think I skipped this one. I remember Genuine. I'm in Genuine. I remember Gemini, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait. Did you hear then, U-Turn, Kyle? U-Turn. I did. Do you know the song Good There's Enough with Carl Thomas, Joe, and Tank? I do, yep. There you go. Yeah, I remember U-Turn. Gemini. And then Gem- I don't remember that one, but I do remember 10. 10, uh, yeah. DJ Soulchild yep. calls a classic. I won't go that far, but low. it was a good album. I do remember 10, yes. Um, Evolution of a Man. See, I I know these albums because this is when this is when this our our site started oh nine, because that's okay. when I first started like really paying attention to these, all, every album. So I know this one. Okay. And then uh, just me. Again, drawing crickets a over there. All right. Well, uh, no, this one this one had a great single, Fall Five Do you guys know that song? 
Maybe if I heard it, but it's not. Oh, it's a great song, actually. All right, keep going. Uh, more than words. Yes, more than words. Fourth of July. I remember that. Fourth, Fourth of July was great, July. and sweeter was the single. Really good song. Wow, I feel like we're doing really well here. Uh, next, we have better. That was the one with the. Oh, that. Oh, hold on. That was one with the, the single was Uh Oh Feeling, which was a good song. I liked it. Blanking on that one, mm. too. Dude, Wikipedia doesn't we, even know what. Okay, yeah. The, Wikipedia is like kind of confused on what were the singles on these albums. It's weird. <laughs> and then uh, we ended off with Genesis. Yes. See, that Genesis. Was the the, that was the one with the we cool had, album cover. But we had the song 10 Million Stars in our countdown. I remember because I really like yep. that song. I remember that song now. Yeah, I like that song. Yep. Oh, so, but that wasn't too bad. But yeah, he has a lot of albums and they really started running together after the big ones. Wait, I mean, did you just say that wasn't, that wasn't too bad? You went 4 for 14. You give Chris Brown a 2.5 out of 5 for that. Yeah, well, seeing that I did it without staring at Wikipedia like you did, I think I should get a little <laughs> bit of credit. Well, hold no, on, no. hold on. Let me ask you a question. And this question is for Ed of soulandstereo.com. This is not, you know, I got soul.com's opinion. Yes, clarify but, but it. Ed, clarify it. I would like your opinion. Do you feel okay. that Brian McKnight has not shown enough diversity and progression in his music over the years? Has it all kind of run together? Is that why we don't remember all these albums? I would have to agree. And again, this is Edward from Soul and Stereo talking. So send your tweets to E.T. Bowser, <laughs> not Y-K-I-G-S. Anyway, no, I agree with that. Like, and that's, that's the arc of an artist. And again, that doesn't say anything poorly about his stellar catalog. The man has classics, real classics, not Twitter classics. He has real classics, incredible albums, did his thing in the 90s. And I'm glad that he's still doing his thing because as you hear... The man pretty much puts out an album like every two or three years to have that extensive of a catalog. But yeah, once we get past the early 2000s, they kind of start running together. And he has good songs, like you mentioned. I love 4th of July, 10 million stars were good. But as far as complete projects, I know I've heard at least these last four or five. They didn't stick with a brother. So again, there's a little bit of some ebbs and flows, and it's just part of the growth of an artist. When you get to that second half of your career, kind of hard to kind of break out again. That's why no, when you see an artist like no. a Mar- it's true. When you see a Mariah with a Mimi, that is not that's very rare. Usually you peak and you come down. It's hard to ask- maintain that consistency. Kyle, can I ask you a question though? <clears throat> yep. So. I'm happy that Brian McKnight never started trapping just to, you know, remain relevant and famous. Like, can we not respect the fact that an artist, you know, found their lane early on and then stayed in that lane? I mean, Kyle, what is is your opinion on that? No, 100%. I think Brian McKnight still has fans. It's not like he has no fans. A lot of people still go to his shows. They respect the talent. But I think at some point you do have to diversify your sound a little bit. Uh, not to say that well, Brian you, hasn't done that. Cause I you think, must have not heard song? Fall 5.0. Ooh. See, the, and, and that's why he did that song. That's why he did that song. Remember that, uh, let me show you how that whatever works. You know, 
mockery. Oh, yes. Because, because people weren't paying attention. He was still making great music, and people just... So I think that's the real problem, is like, he had still been making quality music, and no one really was paying attention. So, no, thankfully, but see, that's he true. didn't go the... Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. That's To me, that's a different argument, though. Because, again, we're not saying the dude is trash. We just mentioned several songs that we like, but I'm talking about overall projects, and... No, I do not want him to diversify by trapping. Like you, that's the one thing I argue about on Twitter all the time. You can do something different without sounding like a fourteen-year-old. You can diversify in other ways. No, he's still doing a thing. He still comes out with great songs, <clears throat> overall projects. And this is again, we're talking about two different things. I'm not talking about mainstream because yeah. mainstream is a different issue. But just from a fan who has listened to everything this man has put out. I can tell you that the later projects just didn't sit with me as well because they weren't as memorable. Not they were trash, because I don't remember him ever having a trash album. They just were not memorable. Mainstream is a different argument, and that's why he did that ridiculous song, even though, as I have gone on record, kind of like it, because it's kind of fun. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. There you have it. Tom, is it time for me to rank, uh, not rank, but list out Joe's discography? Let me oh, ask you a no. serious question. And, yep. and you're under oath, Kyle, right now? I am under oath. Are, are you on Wikipedia looking at Joe's discography? Nope. My tab says Brian McKnight discography. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> name, name Joe's discography right now. Joe's debut. Okay, so no one actually knows that album, so let's just skip on to the next one. All that that's, I am. No, that's no, and, no. That's true. That's no, cheating. he gets a pass. That's cheating. He, that's true, no. and that's a pass. <laughs> that album is great. Stop cheating. No one Name knows three it, songs off that album. I'll have to visit Soul and Stereo and tell you. Crickets. But the album's great. Crickets. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I apologize whatever. to Mary Joe if you're listening out there. I apologize. Don't mind us. Yeah. Big Joe. <laughs> so fan. whatever the debut was, All That I Am. My name is Joe. Whatever the day. It was called Everything. I know that. Well, there you yeah. go. It's like Usher's debut. No one actually knows that. They just skip on to my way. It's, it's just how it is, Ed. Terrible. Jamie Jamie Foxx's debut came out in like 2005. Oh my he, gosh. We're just going to throw away peak this? That's no. how it works. Listen. Listen, I'm going I'm to put something on the record here for whoever's listening. I've never even heard Usher's debut album. What? You haven't? No. I mean, it's, I mean, he, like it's, it's good. He was like 11 years old. <laughs> was he 11? Look at the I album hope he wasn't cover. singing like about this stuff at 11. He was in diapers on the album cover. Calm yeah, down. you can't see anything but his face, not his draws. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my name is Joe. And then the one after that is uh, it's that song with the Neptune song, Better Days. After that, yep. it's the G Unit album. So that would be more. And then, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yep. And then after yes. that, yes. it's the one with him in the hoodie. So ain't nothing like me. And then he, after he copied, that, Ed, he copied the Nas album cover, right? That was like yes, a Nostradamus album. Yeah. Why did he do he, that? Because they both wanted to cosplay a Skeletor. I'm kind of salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. All right. Uh, so after that, it's New Man. I know this because B-Cox yep. produced like half of it. And then after that was Signature? Yes. You know the album? 
That's interesting. Vaguely. That was his first independent album. All right. And this is when it gets kind of tough. Yeah. Uh, Double Back? No, you nope. missed The Good, The Bad, The Sexy. And that album... I don't think... Ed, I don't think I've ever listened to that album. It was kind of hit or miss, that one, I felt like. Uh, that one ranked pretty low on my list. Kyle, that was the one with, with our boy, Bam, did like half the album. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and then we have uh, the Fantasias of Bridges. Yep. And then that latest one in the green suit, Joe Thomas. Or my name is Joe did Thomas. We, Ed, wait a minute, did we do double back? Yeah, we, he said double back. Okay. Let me ask you a question, Ed. Would you rock a green suit like that? Uh, that suit was a little too million dollar man Ted DiBiase-ish. <laughs> I have some green suits, but they aren't Christmas green. They're kind of more like olive green. If you wear a, a, a suit that bright green, you got to hand out cash i feel like billion dollar yeah, if you if you're coming with me it needs to have like a giant dollar sign on the back i'm not rocking <laughs> I ain't, they ain't paying me that much at the city of birmingham trust wow <laughs> all right uh let's move on from this topic because we're like 30 minutes deep into this already but before we get to this the first person to name me this album gets a whole bag full of toilet paper are we ready okay <laughs> what the I might hell need is the name the, the name of Mario Winans' debut album that came out in 97 is? Oh. I just uh, I listened to it. I can see the cover. I just, yeah, I he's in pain cover. on the cover. I just listened to it. <laughs> he's in pain all the time. Yeah, right? He's in pain in both albums, actually. Uh, he is. Um, oh, I can't remember. It doesn't come to mind. Ed? If uh, anyone's out there listening to this podcast and you know... The answer to this, man, props to you for that. Oh, I'm sure someone knows because, gosh, I cannot remember the name of that album. Somebody's going to say it. Wait, wait, wait. Story of My Heart. Yes, that's it. It He's sitting on the floor. He's he's sitting on the floor like he's got a migraine. Like, like, (laughs) I'm like, dude, get off the floor. And then he has another migraine on the sophomore cup. Did you see him in I Need a Girl Part 2? Man, he looked like he had a migraine while a girl was all up on him. I'm just saying. He, he's the video. saddest brother. <laughs> well, Tom, you get a roll of toilet paper or a bag. Congrats. <laughs> well, he's going to need it to feed his family the way we're going. Yeah. All right. Uh, we've got a couple of new joints I want to touch on really quickly here. Uh, JoJo dropped a new record, Man. Ed, I know you really like this song, but I have one big beef with this song. And then I'll let you continue. Doesn't this song sound exactly like Kiana Lede's ex? Well, when you mentioned it, I was like, it does. But I didn't catch it at the time. This song was kind of weird to me. Because when I first heard it, I was like, eh, it's okay. Then I checked it out again, which is weird. Because I, I was like busy that day. So I'm not sure why I kept revisiting JoJo's new single randomly. But the second time, I was like, you know, this isn't bad. And then I listened to it a third time and was like... Hey, this is okay. It's some. It's very simplistic, but I guess the catchiness of it gets me going. I don't know. I kind of like it. And about, speaking can of, I for, can I for my opinion, Kyle? Yep. You asked us a question: Is JoJo a, a pop singer or an R and B singer? Uh, you right. asked us that privately, and and I've been thinking about that that question. 
She did a song with PJ Morton, guys, that won a Grammy. She's an R&B singer. I don't know what you think, but you act like people won't accept her as an R&B singer. But I think she's definitely an R&B singer. Well, to be fair, I think that early on in her career, she was definitely in the pop lane. It wasn't until later that I... And oddly, it was weird to me when, especially like her online fans, were kind of labeling her as R&B because when she first dropped, I was like, I liked her stuff, but she just felt like a... I hate to say this because she's my girl, but like a more talented version of Christina Milian to me. So I was like, yeah, I like what? her. But she's more pop. Wow. Vocally? But her latest... <laughs> Vocally? No, I'm not talking about vocally. I'm talking about okay, style okay. of music. God, okay. no. But my point yeah. is, and, and her fan base and that stuff. But later on, I was like, okay, this is kind of a R&B sound. It's like the reverse of Pink. When she came out, I was like, oh, this is sort of R&B-ish. And then she went pop. So it was just an evolution. She should be accepted as an R&B singer for sure. But oh, I get where the confusion Kyle. comes in. Kyle. Yes. She covered SWV's Week on her debut album. Could Christina Milian pull that song off? I mean, come on. Oh, good lord. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm lo- wow. I love Christina Milian, What's but I wouldn't Kyle? be ridiculous. Uh, when Christina Milian dropped uh, Dip It Low, I was weak. So, that's oh, a good song. Oh, Lord, shit, yes. So. So. I'm with Where, you, Kyle. Right now. Are we, shout are you kidding to, me? Shout outs to Tedra Moses for writing that song. We need to cut... Yeah, shout out to Chira Moses for getting that money on that song, but we did cut this podcast up right now. You guys are celebrating <laughs> that song? Come on. Oh, my God. Come on. Um, but speaking of Kiana Lede, she dropped a new song, Forfeit, featuring Lucky Day. I've gone on record to say that Lucky Day is undefeated with his releases, and that continues with this song. It's another mm. good one from my boy. He's been... He's been in a role to me ever since he was writing for the man himself, King Keith Sweat. And once again, it's another good song. So I'm a fan. I love Lucky Day, guys. I mean, the crazy thing is, dude, he's 34 right now. I mean, like he's almost my age. And he's still making, you know, because he combines that traditional R&B with some of the younger elements, which I think is great. But like, you know, he's been at this for, remember Kyle, you shared that that uh, what was the audition he had where he didn't make the cut? Yeah, for American Idol. Oh, he did yeah. make the cut, so, but he didn't. He didn't end up winning. Which is crazy. I mean, it's crazy, but like he's been at this for a minute now, and it's great to see he's finally getting his props because he makes some really good music, like some of the best I've heard from this generation. And again, oh. it just goes to prove the point that I keep trying to make when I have these arguments about everyone tries to make when we talk about the evolution of R&B and where we want R&B to be versus where it is in the mainstream. Everybody goes back to the same, oh, oh you just hating on the young. Like, it has nothing to do with young versus old. Lucky is 434. This dude has is like yeah. the bridge. He can bridge between tra- the traditional sounds and the current sounds. And if you didn't tell somebody that and heard his debut, you would think this dude was like 23. Because he is able to yep. have that old soul, but it sounds so young and fresh. It is not about age. Nobody's hating on your 20-year-olds. we hating on your 20-year-olds because they can't sing. But I want, I want to then, give Kyle a shout-out, though. Because, Kyle, yep. you got an interview with Lucky Day, which has been one of our most successful because there's not many interviews on him. And he won't even acknowledge us, really, on, on social media. 
unfortunately. Listen, but listen, Tom. It was still a great. Listen. It was an amazing interview, and you got it for us, and we'd love to support this guy. Listen, Lucky Day is my guy. Uh, <laughs> off the air, I talked to him. He's a good guy. Uh, I think he's just busy being famous. We just gotta let him be. He'll come back. They always do. But let me just say one Shut thing, up. though. I really think what he did where he released those, I told you this, Kyle, how he released the EPs first and then combined them into the album just for the Grammys was the right way to go because that's how people consume music nowadays. I mean, Ed, I don't know about you, but like sitting through a 20-song album in 2020 is just not what I'm trying to do. Like, I can't, it's hard to consume. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I mean, you're talking to the brother who sat through two 40-something track Chris <laughs> Brown albums. Do you think that I want to do that? No. Yeah. I, I am a connoisseur of the album itself. I think the album experience is still important. I know we try to downplay it these days, but I think it's still an important measure of an artist's work. So that just is what it is. But the way that he kind of went about it in separate EB, EPs and these bite-sized kind of delivery and these bite-sized chunks... If that's the way he can kind of get his music out there and then combine it later, all the more power to him. Fact is, it was great music compiled into one cohesive package, by the way. That's something we often forget. This was a cohesive package that it was compiled into. So I'm all for it. And if this is how we have to move going forward in 2020, I'm for it. As long as the music's straight. Now, speaking of Kiana Lede, who we haven't really talked about too much on the podcast, because quite honestly, some of her latest releases have been kind of meh, sort of generic. Her album comes out April 3rd. Now, I've seen her live twice, and what I will say is this. I think, talent-wise, and if they're able to actually do this properly, she could come out with a really great album. I just looked at the track list here, and let me tell you why. So she has a record with, with Ari Lennox. She has a record with Lucky Day. Um, and then Aaron Ray as well. Tom, we love Aaron Ray. Does that mm-hmm. 90s throwback sound pretty cool. Yeah. But then, Ed, there's some questionable features here. There is the uh, the mandatory 6 lakh feature. Seems to be on oh, every R&B song these days. And then, uh, <laughs> Ed, who is, who, who is Moneybag Yo? Oh, my God. Moneybag Yo? Ugh, he's a rapper that you don't want to hear, trust me. I know him very well. He's another one that if you pull up a feature, it'll be Moneybag Yo or it'll be Ty Dollar Sign. If you hear a rapped album, chances are one of those two are on it. So I know him well. He has yet to impress me. So there you mm. have it. But guys, Wait, I think this Keanu would. Yep. Go ahead, Ed. I mean, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Tom. Go ahead. I was going to say, this this Keanu Lede album, if she plays her cards right, she might have a great one. She's talented, I'm telling you, you guys. You, I know she has an amazing voice, but we'll just have to see what she gives us. But you, when you said Aaron Ray, man, you reminded me of Tone Stith. Kyle, where is he? Did, did he yes. get his lane stolen? Is his lane stolen? Uh, yeah, it's weird. I thought he would have came out already. Yeah, it's kind of weird what's going on. It's been a couple yeah, years, right? Of- it has. I mean, I as we know, I have was a huge fan of his last release, but player just kind of faded away. I don't know what's going on. You know, you guys may disagree, but I feel like the kiss of death is if you don't even have a Wikipedia page, and Tone Stith apparently does not have one set up for him. So it may be over, guys. 
Mm. It better not be. That man is way too talented. So I need to make a. I'm gonna go on tonight and make a Wikipedia page. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I have no idea how to do that. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, well. How do you guys feel if we're going by that theory? Tank his Wikipedia. I don't know why I'm on Tank's Wikipedia. Might get us in trouble, <laughs> but um, all his albums have their own Wikipedia page except Elevation. Why is that? Well. Let me just say, I think that's more common. I've seen that recently. Like, a lot of the more recent albums don't get documented for whatever reason. I don't know what the reason is, but... Yeah, I've noticed that, too. It's, not, it's kind of a it's pain. It's not good, though. No, but it's definitely not no. a good sign. I'll say that much. <laughs> no. A lot of times when I'm doing my reviews, I have to I go to Wikipedia to see. It's an easy resource yeah. to see who's producing or, you know, maybe even a little background on the album with some links and stuff, but... A lot of these newer R&B releases, you got zero. So, I don't know. Tell your boy to get up there and get somebody to do it. You know I ain't doing it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And then the last record here before we move on to more interesting things, uh, more interesting debates. Uh, Ro James dropped his new record, Touchy Feely. We've been waiting on his album for a minute, his sophomore album. And it seems like it's on the way. I mean, he's been around. We've seen him featured on um, your boy Luke James's project. And here's another little tidbit. I thought this song was okay. We've definitely heard him do better. It wasn't terrible, but as I was saying off air, it just felt like an album cut. Something that would come on and I might listen to it. I might skip it, but didn't really move the earth for me. Shout out to Road James. I'll, I'll always remember the grind you know, he put in the, the work he put in out here in New York City, coming to events, you know, just putting that work in, building relationships, and he finally got signed. And I just hope the label will respect him and put this album out and let him show his true sound. But, you know, that's, we'll see. I mean, his first one did pretty well, but I'm just really hoping this one does well as well. Yeah. I know he has a track with Brandy on the album, so we're just waiting on that one. And wow. everything else that he has to bring. He's a talented guy. So, shout out to yep. Ro. Um, I do have a question for both of you guys now. This is a hard-hitting question. I love the hard-hitting questions. All right. So, Ed, as you may have remembered, Bobby V was supposed to drop his album on Valentine's Day, uh, Sunday Dinner. Uh, and Alicia Keys was supposed to drop her album at some point in March. She had rele- She had announced a release date. Now, both albums have been pushed back indefinitely, uh, or I think Alicia's coming out in May now. Now, the difference between the two projects is that Bobby went on Instagram to let his fans know, hey, I'm pushing my album back, and I'll let you know when I'm going to put it out again. Alicia, on the other hand, made no announcement, and the only way that people actually found out was they went on the album's iTunes page, and the release date got changed. So... The question that I have for you guys is, does an artist at this point in 2020, with so much music coming out, do they need to tell their fans that their album is getting pushed back? I mean, why wouldn't they? Again, this is, we joked about this a little bit earlier with Usher, but listen, this is a new day and it's up to the artists to, we have these tools that make us more connected to the world than we've ever been. Yet we are more disconnected than I've ever seen in my life. My God. But 
she needs to use these tools. Just, I think Bobby V did the right thing. He knows the album was pushed back. He went up and was like, hey, guys, know y'all were expecting it. Sorry for the delays coming out, blah, blah, blah. We'll see you soon. Thank you for the support. How long does that take? You put everything else on Instagram, sharing these coronavirus tips and whatnot. You can take 20 seconds to inform your fans of what's going on because that's how we move in 2020. Use your platform to your advantage. And when you do that, you have the bonus of reminding fans that you actually have content coming out. So, of course, that's the way to move. And I don't understand why we don't do that anymore. Well, well Kyle, you were, we were talking about this offline. You disagreed with me. I said, you got to connect with your fans and you shouldn't let them find out about it on their own before you tell them it's just a bad look like what Alicia did. I mean, tell us why you, you disagree with that. Well, I'm just going to quickly say that Alicia in 2009, uh, Elements of Freedom, she actually did announce on her Twitter back in the day that she was pushing it back. And the reason was that she was going back into the studio to make more fire mm. songs. Um, I don't know how fire those songs were because I didn't really like that <laughs> album that much. But that's a topic for another day. Uh, in terms of this, like, it's not that I disagree with you guys on this. But my whole point to this was that there's so much music coming out in 2020 now like pushing your album back and not telling them no one's really gonna notice at this point Mm. like Mm. like if i didn't tell you guys that alicia keys was supposed to drop an album in march would you guys have even even been anticipating it or are you guys just anticipating it the week that it's supposed to come out because that's what it seems like nowadays let me let me have a rebuttal to that we're not the people who are buying her concert tickets and you know, standing for her albums and, and buying her albums on iTunes or whatever you could buy it now. So that's the difference to me. Well, you know, those people, and again, th- like they, my those, earlier point, yeah. mm-hmm. like my earlier point, I mean, again, just to say, hey, my album got pushed back is a reminder that she has new music out. So when you talk about it, it's further promotion to say nothing until the last minute. I mean, yeah, you can do it the week of, blah, 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 but you have hardcore fans that are paying attention. Use the platforms to talk to your fans. You're doing it all the time anyway. I don't understand why you wouldn't do it unless it's just Mm. music industry arrogance where it's like, oh, I shouldn't have to or whatever. I don't understand why you wouldn't. Listen, this is the troll era. So if she announces Mm -hmm. that her album is getting pushed back to May do you know how many Twitter trolls will come out and be like, oh, she's a flop. The Ed Sheeran song failed. The Miguel song failed. Do you know how many of those comments we'll get right now? How many players? This is Alicia Keys. How many comments does she get daily about stealing um, Swiss Beats' wife? <laughs> like, that is not going to move her. This is about your music. You either move that or you can be scared of Twitter trolls. Block them and keep it moving. That's what I do. Well, I mean... let me ask you guys this. <laughs> Why do you guys feel yeah. like Alicia Keys' album got pushed back? Because there seems to be a lack of interest for this album, which is weird because it's Alicia Keys. Well, no, it's not because it's 2020. It's not 2002. There's a lack of interest because the music has not been there. I'm sorry. I'm a huge fan, huge fan of Alicia. And I think that she had some of the best music of the decade. I thought she had the best album of the previous well, yeah, the previous decade, decade before last. Gosh, we're old. Really? Anyway. Did you really? You did? Yes. I think her yes. Her debut? This... No, not her debut, the second one. We've argued about this before. 
Oh my! Let's not start this of, again, please. Of the decade, wow. Yes, <laughs> yes, of the decade. However, I'll get to that another point, another time. My point is, she has not delivered. That's just what it is, and that's why this project has been pushed back. She's had these two singles, one with Miguel that she thought could penetrate an audience. It, eh, some people liked it. Most people just brushed it off. She had the Ed Sheeran song that sounded like an Ed Sheeran song. So that didn't work at all because Ed Sheeran fans aren't going to care. Alicia fans don't want to hear Cos playing Ed Sheeran. So two misfires. She had to put it on on the back burner to try again. Honestly, I'd rather you try again than come out with some old trash. So well, I don't mind the pushing back, but you need to communicate with your fans. Well, let me ask you this, Kyle. What was really expected? And I'll give you an extra. I'll give you ten bucks to your. Uh, your stipend if you could name her last album title but what was really expected of her last album are they really expecting to have a huge superstar rollout i mean i think it's doing pretty well all things considered it's not 2002 like ed said so what are they really expecting kyle well the album title was called here i remember this because she wasn't wearing any makeup and she had that big fro so oh that uh, whole yeah that whole yeah that whole gimmick she did and did that gimmick work yeah, not really. Okay, Kyle, <laughs> back are, to you. <laughs> people, people are still mad at Alicia. Well, before I get into it, um, can we give a quick shout-out to DJ Soulchild? He did a remix to that Ed Sheeran song, Underdog. Absolutely. It's better than the I, real version. I liked, his, I liked his remix better than the real Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Soulchild, we'd like 10% of all royalty, royalties that you make from that song. So just putting yeah. that out oh there. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> But now you're I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, 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 what what do we really expect from um, Alicia this time around? Because um, it's not like she's coming with like a gimmick, like, and I hate to call it a gimmick, but like Usher, his comeback now, he's playing off of Confessions, the original one, so he has something to get the fans excited. So I don't know, unless Alicia comes back and says that she's gonna do more songs in A minor. I don't really know what we can really do to, you know, push Alicia Keys back yeah. to the top. I mean, putting out good music is a good start for any artist, but to expect an artist of that caliber to go back to 2005, it's it's tough. But look, play like we just I mentioned this earlier, it's tough, but it's doable. We is we forget about it because of where she is now. But when Mariah came out with Emancipation of Mimi, people had written her off. They were like, she had her great songs the previous decade. She'll keep giving us music. It'll be okay. We still love her, blah, blah, blah. And she came out of nowhere, this really big record. Mary J, to a lesser extent, kind of had this big record kind of in the second half of her career with the breakthrough. It's possible because she's talented. However, if we just look at the track record... It ain't lining up. Uh, I think she's kind of stuck in the in, in the middle of being a pop star and kind of dominating Urban AC, and she doesn't want to go. You know, she doesn't want to go to Urban AC because that's kind of people think it's like a negative connotation. But he's not going to be a pop star anymore, guys. It's, it's just realistic, you know. Right. And that's been her trouble since As I Am, if you want to be real. She's been chasing yeah. that pop money forever, yeah. and it has not worked out. Yep. I'm actually kind of afraid that she's gone too, or she's tried to go too pop to the point where I'm not sure if she'll yeah. be able to get back to that R&B audience. Like, I think Usher can still do it because 
he had enough of, of a foundation previously, but I don't think mm. Alicia Keys built enough of that. That was two albums in, and then she tried going pop. A more mature pop, but still pop. That's a good question, actually. So, something we, we'll think about, but an artist that is true R&B to its core is our girl Anna Moore. She dropped her new EP. Um, Tom, we actually post independent artist music on our site. Kyle, <laughs> we do. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anna Moore originally reached out to us um, a couple years ago. You know, we have a submissions uh, inbox for any artist who wants to be heard on, you know, and, and featured on our site. Submissions at, you know, I got soul.com. We do go in there and listen when we have the time. I mean, Kyle and I are the two people who run, you know, I got soul. We're both pretty busy. We have careers, we have families, and, you know, we don't get paid big money for this. So when we get the time, we listen. Anna Moore was one of those who we heard and, and stood out to us. She was on our podcast, uh, when was that, last year? Yeah, last year. But I'll just say, one of the best submissions we heard. I mean, we get we get tens of thousands of these. You won't believe it, Ed. Like, we get tons of these submissions, and it's crazy. And uh, Anna Moore, you know, just really happy to see her still doing her thing. Like, she has a beautiful voice and uh, making great music as progressive R&B, I feel like, you know. And you heard it, Ed. You, you really liked it. Even your wife liked it. Yeah, um, I will say this. Like, you put me on to Anna Moore, I guess, when she first dropped her first EP a few a year a year or two ago. And you were like, yo, you got to check this girl out. She's great. You'll love her. And you know what a tough sell I am. So if I say somebody's hot, they got to be hot. I was a big fan instantly. I heard her most recent EP and loved it. Four songs, not long at all. There were two songs. One was called Fly, and I can't remember the other one. Two specifically. Absolutely adored. I'm playing it in my office. My wife walks by and is like, mm. what are you listening to? That, to me, players, is always, like, we're hardcore R&B fans, so we're going to like things that maybe the the mainstream fan, the average fan, won't really dig. But if my wife walks through and stops what she's doing to be like, what are you listening to? That sounds great. That's talent, and that's something that connects. So, Anna Moore's EP, I love. Only four songs, but already one of my favorite things this year. You know I don't gas stuff, so if I say it's hot, the thing is hot. Great work. Indeed. Shouts to Anna Moore. Um, but I've got another hard-hitting question for you guys. Let me give you two here, and then we'll roll out. All right. Uh, Nokio from Drew Hill. So I've been doing some more Drew Hill research just to give you guys an update on what's going on. And he was on an interview recently, and he said that the rollout and the plan for play adjoining Drew Hill... Um, like the idea that he had in mind is not what they actually did. Uh, I guess Kevin Peck had, uh, other things in mind, but Nokio's plan was to actually brand it as Playa slash Drew Hill. So mm. even on the album, it would be called Playa and Drew Hill. And at the concerts, it would be Playa and Drew Hill. And the reason for that is number one, it would attract the diehard R&B fans because if you saw on the flyer, play at Andrew Hill on tour, that would create excitement. As opposed mm. to now, which is just Drew Hill as one, then that starts the conversation of who are these two, or where is Jazz, where is Woody? So 
I think I understand Kevin's point of view as well if that was his decision to just brand it all as one. Drew Hill is such a powerful brand and we've seen member changes before so this is nothing new but how do you guys feel about that knowing that Nokia's initial thought was to have this as two separate brands coming together? I like it. I, I wish there was a way. I do think it's a little confusing branding it as Player Andrew Hill because it makes it seem like, you know, when you have a, a concert and it's like Jagged Edge and 112, you're thinking they're two separate sets. So if there was a way that you could combine both names, and I'm not saying that I can think of one that doesn't sound stupid because I'm not a marketing genius, but if you could distinctly say Player Drew Hill as under one name that you knew that it was distinctly these two groups coming together. I like that better, honestly, than just calling it new drew Hill, because as you said, new drew Hill, if you just hear drew Hills coming to my town next week and you go, you're going to automatically be thinking of the original lineup. Maybe if you're hardcore, you might think, you know, Tao Scola might, somebody might pop up too. But when you see, like, the two dudes from Player, you're going to be like, what is this? This isn't my Drew Hill. So there's already confusion off top that, and to your point, we've seen lineup changes before. So it's not like this is a new thing, but it's a little confusing. So I like the original idea of kind of putting it together. But here's the thing you guys are missing, though. This whole Player Drew Hill and and New Drew Hill, it's not going to get booked for shows. Remember, promoters, they got to sell tickets. So if it gets too confusing, it's not going to sell tickets. And in my opinion, how many songs could the average R&B fan name from Playa? I mean, we all You're love right. Playa on this podcast. I mean, we're, we're all diehard Playa fans and supporters, but realistically speaking, you can't do that. I mean, to, to book shows, it's not going to work for promoters and, and selling tickets, in my opinion. Kyle, do you feel differently? No, I think you hit a you made a great point there. Everyone knows cheers to you. I think if you're yeah. a diehard, you might know don't stop the music. And I love I that. Honestly, I love that song. I love that song, guys. Eh, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but eh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to think what else would people know from Playa? That's what I'm saying. That's about it. That's really about just thing. cheers to you. Even don't yeah. stop the music is a huge stretch. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And that might be one of those things that in hindsight, it may have worked out better. But there's always pros and cons to this. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Drew Hill now that it's down to three members. If they're going to still get booked for shows, it looks like they are. I think they're in Houston tonight with Genuine and a couple of other people. I think Avant's on that billing as well. Not sure why they're actually um, doing the show because of the I haven't seen their show, but... Did they, did they actually perform any player songs? Like, how does the show go? Um, they just do Cheers to You. So that's how uh, and, they introduce the two uh, player members to the crowd. And then they just go oh. back to doing Drew Hill songs. And then I think Smoke uh, has started doing some of Jazz's parts. And then I think Black, oh. Black, I think, does some of it as well. It used to be Tail uh, that would uh, sub in for uh, Jazz, but it looks like now I, it's I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but... I don't know. It's not the same. All right. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll have that original group back together with all the members. And like I said, a couple of episodes ago, I want all eight of them to be doing Tell Me on stage and bumping into each other. <laughs> oh. 
Good yep. lord. Yep. So uh, the last hard-hitting question I have for you guys here. Uh, this might actually take a while, so uh, so we might have to save this for next week. But I'm just going to start it off. I want you guys to think about it. If you guys want to continue this next week, let's do that. Hard-hitting question. Pick one of these songwriters. Sean Garrett, The Dream, or Neil. Shout-outs to Cassandra oh, Jordan. Oh, yes. She was excited about this one. Oh, yes. Over in the Soul and Stereo Cypher. This was quite the hot topic of the day. Um, and most of the folks in the cypher went with Neo, and I would yeah. have to agree. All three have their pluses, but I just think when it comes to the songs, not only I prefer, but also have a little bit of, like, when you talk about kind of like high-quality songwriting, and even diversity in songwriting, might have to go with Neo on this one. No shots to the other two, though. I yeah, would agree in personal preference, but... Yeah, Tell that's what the site was saying as well, too, on our Facebook. The way I look at it, um, I would probably pick Neo as well just because I feel like his solo work is much stronger than Sean's and the Dreams. But when we look at it mm. from a writing perspective, I always looked at it like this. Like, Neo is known for his, you know, his traditional classic R&B type of records. And I think he has, like, that... He has some nice wordplay to his records, so... I really like that about him, but if you want something that's more of that like party, crunkin' bee, party anthem, you know, just those bangers, then you go with Sean Garrett, because he has, yeah, goodies, diva, songs that we mm. probably don't really like that much, but there is an audience for that. And then the dream is for those like bedroom records, and honestly, the production on a lot of those dream songs are solid, so it's an interesting one, but then... I hate to also pigeonhole them into that because they can all do everything else that I just mentioned. Like the Dream also did yep. Single Ladies as well as Love on Top. So it's quite an interesting yep. conversation. Um, I want everyone to chime in. I'm actually curious to think to see what everyone else thinks. I think Neil's probably going to end up winning this one, but we'll see. Um, can we please now? Uh, oh wow, we're running out of time, but I, I had to bring this up because my boy Cameron's been bugging me about this. Tom, I know you've seen it on YouTube. Can we quickly get into the Soulback album of the day? All right. Okay. Uh, let's go with Danity Kane's debut. Uh, our boy Cameron's been bugging me about this. I don't know if you guys have listened to the album, but that was one that I listened to in my teenage years. Uh, Ed, do you have anything to add to that one, or should I? Uh, I wasn't the biggest Danity Kane fan running around here, player. It was. I know they had their audience, and it was what it was, but... I mean, it's kind of like JoJo. It's another group that was kind of like, eh, they feel more like a kind of pop group to me. And no, again, no beef. I have no problem with pop groups, but it's kind of odd to me how they have like such a strong R&B fan base because I don't know. Like their stuff was always imaginary. Not a fan of the girls. What about you, Tom? I know you're a big fan of Dawn's solo projects. Well, Dawn... I've been impressed how she's kind of made her own brand out of the whole group, but I haven't really heard much from the other four members. I mean, have you, Kyle? You you were the originally a fan of the group. I haven't really followed them from the beginning. Well, first of all, shout out to our boy David Dwayne. I think he ran like a fan club for Danity Kane back in the day. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely listened to their debut and their second album. Actually, their third one was solid, too. The one that was like just three members. I don't know if you guys remember that one that yeah. came out a couple years back, but yeah. they have yep, actually some solid records, and they have a pretty solid discography. Ed, I think I am with you, though. Like Some of their records are a little more poppy, 
But that was also that weird time in like 2006 when everything just blended together, pop and R&B. So that's why like a JoJo mm-hmm. fall, fall into both. Um, I would say that they're probably more R&B than let's say the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, well, obviously. Don't you listen to buttons during your spin classes, Ed? I would absolutely never listen. I, wait, actually, I think they did play buttons during my spin class, but that, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Get off of that. All right. Um, so a couple of records I'll highlight here just so Cameron gets off my back here. Uh, there's a great <laughs> record that <laughs> there's a great record that Mario Winans produced called Press Pause. Um, Ride for You. Beacocks did that one. Actually, they do have a couple of records that I really like here. Danger and Timbaland did a couple. So, real, real quick, I'll just say one thing. It, it's interesting because, you know, making the band is coming back, but you know these these R&B groups have had a hard time staying together as it is. Like they came together on their own. And Kyle, I think you mentioned Jackets was the only group who never broke up and always stayed together out of all the '90s groups. So I think Silk is another like, one. Get, did Silk break up? Oh, Silk had members fall in and out because um, my man, Lil G, he had his mm. times where he, like, kind of do his own thing. So, no, but my they, point they is didn't this. break up, break up, but they did leave out. My point is this. If you have these groups who came together on their own intentionally, came and stayed together, how could you expect, you know, when you force these artists to come together as a group to stay together? I just don't see this format working. But that's another discussion. I mean, and it hasn't. It's just a, Yeah. I should. It's just a thought. Yeah. No, you're right. Cause day twenty six could barely last two albums. Same with Danny D. Kane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes for good TV, and everybody remembers a good time. I mean, even like the original the band, like they were another one. Like you put together these talented folks, and mm-hmm. it's just you're forcing chemistry. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. Yeah. Well. Actually, there's one group that I'm actually surprised is still together. June's Diary. They're still out here pushing. I don't know if you guys are there. Really? I know a lot of fans want us to talk about them, but they're still out here grinding independently. Yeah, I hear a lot of. It's weird because they have a lot of. They have a very big fan base. Well, I don't know if they're very big, but they have a very vocal and loyal fan base. It's always hyping them up. I can't remember anything that they've done recently that I was like, oh, this is incredible. But no, they're still around. Hmm. And Tom, not to worry, B5 is probably still out here windmilling somewhere. The New Jacksons, right? Where is that EP? Oh, how about the how about Dream? They still around? Dream? Like Good the MTV Dream? making the band Dream? Yeah, the no, no. Dream. Diddy's group from the early 2000s, the pop group? Oh, yes. Wow. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. They did it for a minute. I think they went on like a reunion tour, didn't they? Listen, I'm on Wikipedia. Yeah, I missed that. In May 2015, they had announced a reunion. On October 2016, they disbanded again. So, I mean, really, it's not going to work. Well, then. Well, unfortunately, that's just how it is for R&B groups. But hopefully, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Diddy is going to bring R&B back. He's going to bring R&B groups back. So you guys just stay tuned. Let's end this because I'm getting hungry here. But Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Well, go eat some toilet paper like apparently everybody else on the planet.
Over on Soul and Stereo, what we got popping? We have, oh yes, the newest. This is a big deal for my hip-hop heads. It took over a decade, but the homie J Electronica, finally. I mean, this thing was the detox of the 2010s. Finally released his debut album. Jay-Z is on most of the tracks. It's a pretty good piece of work, though. A written testimony is what it's called. Go check that out on soulandstereo.com. I had my man Tom on not too long ago where we talked about Music Soul Child. He was the next one to go head-to-head with the homie. That was a great piece. Thanks for everybody who chimed in on that one. Um, My man Jacob came through earlier this week as well to talk about some of the best unsung releases in hip-hop of the South for the past two months, January and February. Iron City's Finest. Go take a look at that. And hopefully by the time this post, we'll have the next head-to-head up featuring Jagged Edge. Hmm. There you have it. Oh, and I forgot one more news, Tom, before I uh, throw you into this. But uh, Pleasure P has announced, or he vows, that Mindless Behavior and OMG Girls will go on a reunion tour. Just wanted to throw that out there. Ed, are you excited for that one? Okay. Um... I'm good. I'll stay in the house for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Social distancing and whatnot. I think we're too uh, we're too old for that, unfortunately. That that uh, audience. But Tom, what's going on for, with you? Know I got so. I mean, we got an interview coming up with Stokely of Mint Condition. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how the group was doing in his solo career. Uh, Music Soul Child. We got another interview coming up with my boy, talking about his. 20th anniversary of his debut album, believe it or not, and that EP mm-hmm. he put out, uh, tributing Jay Dilla. So that'll be fun. Uh, we've been super active, Kyle, on, on social media. Talk about that. Yeah, so we've been asking a lot of different questions, uh, asking artists what singles they would have picked for their albums. We've been asking the fans um, what were the best albums that came out from each year and man there's so much that came out and you almost forget how great music once was i'm just kidding music is still fine (laughs) but um but man it's just it's just awesome looking back like i remember posting like what's your favorite album from 2006 and then people started listing all these albums and like for me i remember vividly when those albums came out or leaked on the internet i remember the excitement that i felt or leaked on the internet Um, (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, man, people got to acknowledge those times, too. But, man, guys, yeah. when Ashanti's Declaration album leaked, I was in class. I couldn't wait to go home and download it because I couldn't download it in class. Those were the good days. Like, I still remember that excitement. <sighs> First of all, time, I feel man. old because you're talking about being in class when the Declaration came out. Like, I wasn't already married. Jeez. But, no, <laughs> I love the questions that y'all are asking because... And I got to catch up. I think the last one I weighed in on was like 99 or something. So I love these these throwbacks. People are bringing back a lot of albums. I am begging people to pay attention to which year stuff came out because you'll say, what's the best album of 2007? And people are like, Confessions. Like, yeah, check the date, player. Check the date. So make sure the date is right. But yes, please weigh in. These are fun. Listen, yeah. Ed, I can still remember where I was when I first heard Fat Joe and Ashanti's What's Love. Can you remember? Oh, yeah, I was in the bathroom. My head was over the toilet. Oh, oh my God. What? Come on. That's a great song. I heard it today on the that radio. That song is terrible. 
Oh, well, oh. sorry about your radio. That song is oh. terrible. Should have got your toilet paper. <laughs> oh, Jeez. my goodness. Well, uh, Ed, we're actually now at 1995, so uh, DJ Soul Child has been quite quiet, but once 1992 rolls around, the new Jack Swing <laughs> albums will come, come, come creeping in. We're ready. New Jack Swing Oh, my God. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's it for this week, guys. Stay safe. Stay at home. Uh, have fun chewing on that toilet paper. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. We out. Peace.